and you are welcome back to the Ireland-Canada Connection. This is a podcast series brought to you by the Ireland-Canada Business Association and presented by me, Patrick Hawhey. Now, the strength and potential of the Ireland-Canada relationship was highlighted in very clear terms in a specially commissioned independent economic report compiled by economist Jim Power for the ICBA. It details the enormous growth opportunities between Ireland and Canada, given the right conditions. These conditions are outlined in the report and form a central part of the ICBA's efforts to impact policy and facilitate an enhanced business environment in Ireland for Canadian operations. In this episode of the Ireland-Canada Connection, Jim talks about the background to the report, some of the most striking findings in terms of exports and investment, where he believes the most valuable opportunities lie to build on the current relationship and what policymakers and stakeholders need to do to ensure that this opportunity is realized. I started our conversation by asking Jim if he knew much about the relationship between the two countries before he started researching and writing this report. To be honest, I didn't, Patrick. Um, I guess in my analysis of Ireland's investment flows and trade flows, I've always been focused on the United States and Europe pretty much. Um, But... When I was asked to do this report, uh, looking at the economic relationship between Ireland and Canada, um, you know, a lot of the statistics I knew about Canada sort of struck me forcibly. Uh, It's the world's eighth largest economy. It's a two trillion euro economy. Um, Like Ireland, it is very highly globalized. And like Ireland, it has sort of evolved from an agricultural economy many years ago into a much more modern, globalized economy economy. So a lot of parallels, population of 37.4 million. And when you look at a country like Canada, all it has to offer, I mean, I think there's tremendous potential to grow that relationship a lot more. And why do I believe that potential is there? Well, I believe it's there because, number one, it is a very similar economy to Ireland in a sense that it is very outward looking. It's a globalized economy, trade, foreign direct investment, are very important components of that. So that there are parallels. Um, and, and I think the whole sort of economic model is pretty similar in both countries. You know, this open to business attitude, which I think is very important. And then there is the cultural piece, uh, because there is no doubt about it. Uh, culture has a huge role, I think, in driving trade and business relationships, because over the years we've seen U.S. companies invest in Ireland. And that process has certainly been helped by the fact that there is so much Irish heritage in the United States. So if a U.S. multinational is interested in investing in Europe, which many have been over the years and continue to be, thankfully, um, you'll generally find somebody at a high level in those companies that actually has some sort of Irish heritage. And that makes it that little bit easier. Okay, uh, it's obviously there's a lot more things that go into an investment decision. But I, I think the whole cultural relationship and the historical relationship between the two countries is really important. So there's a lot of factors that drive trade, but I do think the heritage and culture thing is really, really important. So when you went about looking at some of the figures and finding out some of the figures that are underpinning the relationship, what, what were one or two or three that kind of really struck you as quite significant? Well, it, it kind of surprised me that there are 75 Canadian companies currently operating in Ireland, implying about 15,000 people directly. 
Um, we the IDA supported multinational sector in Ireland implies about three hundred five thousand people at the end of last year. So fifteen thousand of those jobs are supported by Canadian companies. That is very significant. And and there's a lot of names that people would be familiar with and perhaps are not um, as familiar with the notion that they are Canadian companies, but Kush Tard, which owns Circle K, for example, uh, Great West Life, which owns Irish Life and Canada Life, uh, Celestica Brookfield Asset Management. Um, there's a number of banks like the Bank of Montreal, uh, but Sun Life in Waterford, for example, um, is a Canadian company. So the investment we've seen by Canadian companies in Ireland um, is more significant than I would have believed it to be. And then you look at the evolution of the trade performance. In 2022, Ireland's merchandise exports to Canada, 3.4 billion. Okay, and that's up by 261% since 2016. Um, and indeed, in the first nine months of this year, um, we've almost attained that 3.36 billion. So the, the export, Ireland's exports to Canada, the physical exports are growing strongly. And then the service exports, uh, 2.9 billion in service exports. So, you know, that includes um, Canadian tourists coming to Ireland. It includes, you know, financial professional services that we provide to Canada. So that that export relationship is really strong. And of course, there are significant flows in the other direction as well. You know, we, we import not nothing like as much, but we do import quite significantly from Canada. Uh, but we import a lot of service ex service imports from Canada, particularly. So that economic relationship is very strong. OK, but I do believe it could be a lot stronger. And we're going to get to that in a couple of minutes time in terms of what how far it could go, because you were very clear about that and also what it's going to take and what we need to do and to see happen in order to get it there. But just to pick into for a moment, um, one of the things you mentioned there was in terms of Canadian employer presence in Ireland, 15,000 jobs. And you identify that it's that's got a certain value to the economy. But what I found very interesting is the, I think you call it the multiplier effect, that for every one job that a Canadian company will support in Ireland, that in itself supports other jobs in a sort of a satellite fashion. Yeah, there is. There's, if, if you look at the employment multiplier effect, um, it is estimated that for every one job in a multinational company, there is between 0 0.8 and 0 0.9 of a job supported in the rest of the economy. So if, if you superimpose that on the Canadian relationship, that would suggest there's about another 12,000 indirect jobs dependent on that Canadian investment. So we're talking about at least 27,000 jobs. And a lot of these Canadian companies have a very strong regional footprint. You know, as I mentioned uh, Sun Life in Warford, for example. So that that's really important. And to understand this sort of multiplier effect in employment, um, you know, multinationals buy a lot of local services um, and a lot of local goods. Um, and we saw the primings when that really struck me was many years ago when Dell shut down in Limerick. Uh, we suddenly discovered all of the businesses around uh, Dell in Limerick that were affected by that van deliveries, coffee shops, you know, you name it, window cleaners, all of the jobs that were dependent. And of course, the employees of those companies, they go out and spend the money, 
in the local economy that supports further jobs. So conservatively, you're talking about at least 27,000 jobs directly and indirectly dependent on those Canadian companies. And that is significant. And as I say, the real significance is that those jobs are spread uh, widely across the country. Um, And, you know, you look at the U.S., investment and employment footprint in this country it is really significant um and you know relative to the states canada is obviously much smaller but i think the potential uh, if we focus properly on canada is great so um you mentioned sort of looking back to 2016 just how far some of those exports and some of the and the and the presence that that canadian companies have had in an fdi capacity in ireland and when you look at some of the things that have happened in that time, it's very interesting because the IDA has expanded its footprint in Canada. Um, EI activity, Enterprise Ireland activity has expanded. We, we saw uh, the numbers of direct flights really skyrocketing up. The Ireland-Canada Business Association really increased its activity and its membership went up to over, over 100. And it's no coincidence, I guess, that we see that alongside the growth. So these things do work. They do work, yeah. I mean, according to Enterprise Ireland, the most recent data I've seen, there are 600 Irish companies who currently export to Canada. And it's estimated that those 600 companies uh, support about 25,000 jobs. So the the trade relationship isn't just big multinationals. It's a lot of smaller Irish companies as well that thanks to the efforts of Enterprise Ireland, are gaining a bit of a foothold in the Canadian market. So that 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 is really significant also. But also we have a lot of Irish companies um, who have actually invested directly in Canada. So companies like CRH, Glambia, the Kerry Group, Kingspan, Morgan McKinley, the recruitment agency, uh, they all have um, business interests in Canada as well. So the richness of the economic and business relationship between both countries on many different levels um, did astound me. You mentioned that as part of this big opportunity, you could predict with the right conditions in place that we could double the, um, the, the number of exports that we're seeing come from Ireland to Canada. And also that the FDI, the FDI presence in Ireland in terms of Canadian FDI could expand massively as well. So, in terms of making that happen, Jim, and we've already talked about how certain activity can lead to this growth, relationships like this need to be nurtured and supported. So in what other ways could we nurture and support this relationship in order to help it reach its full potential? Okay, Patrick, I, I, just to, I, I guess, before I answer that question, uh, why do I think this sort of growth potential is possible? Well, as I said Canada is a G7 economy. It's the eighth largest in the world. Uh, it's a modern, dynamic t- economy like Ireland, where investment and trade are an incredibly important part of the economic model. And the, the cultural linkages between the two countries, uh, 4.6 million Canadians claim Irish heritage. So that that is important. So I think exploiting all of those factors. And also, if you consider that um, Ireland is now, with the exception of Malta, the only native English-speaking country in the European Union because of Brexit. Uh, For Canadian companies that want a foothold into the EU market, Ireland is a very attractive location. And of course, uh, the IDA is working very successfully um, in actualising that potential. 
Um, so, you know, you, you can just see why the potential is there. I'm not picking numbers out of the air in terms of what is possible. But what do we need to do to achieve that sort of potential? Well, the CETA, the Comprehensive Economic and Trading Agreement between the EU and Canada, um, it has been ratified at this stage by most EU countries. Ireland hasn't ratified it. It is subject to a core challenge at the moment. Um, I think ratification of that would be of enormous benefit to the relationship between Ireland and Canada. Um, connectivity is absolutely vital. And um, I would always use the example of Aer Lingus putting the direct flight to San Francisco in place. That worked wonders for the relationship between Silicon Valley and Ireland, for example. Um, and what we need to see, and there, 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 you know, there has been growth in the connectivity between Ireland and Canada, but we should try and push that to the greatest extent possible because the international literature shows you that connectivity is an incredibly important part of economic competitiveness and it's an incredibly important driver of business and economic relationships between um, countries. So we need to continue to push that. Um, I think the tourism potential is enormous um, because the, you know, the cultural thing feeds into that and we've really exploited that um, in the context of um, the United States, for example, so the, the, the gathering and all the that. gathering and all that stuff, yeah. and in fact, um, the the guy who was behind the gathering um, is about to become Ireland's ambassador to Canada, John. Con- yeah, John, uh, I saw that. Yeah. that's it's like it's meant to be, Jim. It, it, well, that's it, you see. And um, John is just so focused, as the gathering proved, on this sort of cultural stroke heritage relationship. So we, we just need to. Um, really up the ante in terms of marketing Ireland to Canadians. Um, I would, I, I, the IDA is doing a fantastic job. Well, I think the IDA has done a fantastic job anyway, but you can see what it's doing in Canada. You know, as they put more people on the ground there, it is bearing fruit. So I think it is crucial for the Irish government to um, continue to um, I- invest in IDA personnel on the ground throughout Canada. So I think that's really important. And domestically, of course, we have to sell the Irish story. And to sell the Irish story, we just need to be mindful of the factors that are important for a company that decides to invest in Ireland. So, you know, the reputational thing is really important. And it worries me, for example, that the riots in Dublin recently got a lot of international headlines. We need to address that situation. But we also need to make sure that the non-tax elements of our offering remain as strong as possible. So I'm talking about housing. I'm talking about the availability of public services like health, education. Um, I'm talking about the IT infrastructure, um, water, alternative energy, all of those elements of national competitiveness. We need to make sure they are as strong as possible. And, um, And I guess, you know, the final point would be um, Canadian companies are outward looking. They want to invest overseas. And we just need to make sure that we do everything we possibly can to make sure Ireland is on their radar. And of course, it is for 75 Canadian companies at the moment. And there is a sort of a 
an agglomeration effect in the sense that if you get um, a concentration of companies from a country in a country and their the experience is positive, um, you can you know you can grow that. It's easier to grow it. It's it's much more difficult starting off getting the first company in. But once you succeed in doing that and making sure the experience is a good one, um, it, it works. And uh, why, I guess, is this important? You know, why, why did I argue in the report that we need to continue to build this relationship and that it is possible? Well, I think it's important, obviously, from the perspective of small open economy, where we have a tiny domestic market, you know, exports and foreign direct investment are and will remain an incredibly important part of our economic model. Uh, and of course, the SME sector can become part of that as well, as proven by Enterprise Ireland's success for Irish companies selling into Canada. But the other point is the concentration risk one. We have an incredibly strong dependence on the United States, number one, companies from the States, and secondly, on a very small number of US companies. So the multinational sector accounts for about 83% of corporation tax collected in Ireland, okay? And 10 companies account for 57% of total corporation tax. And those, um, I, I suspect they're almost all American companies. For confidentiality reasons, the companies aren't named, but I think we can probably guess who they are. And of course, the risk there is that concentration risk is if any of those companies get into trouble, um, you know, and, and they start to disengage from Ireland or globally, uh, that then exposes a huge vulnerability for the Irish economy. So we need to get out there and diversify the companies that invest here. And we also need to diversify the geographic locations from which they come. So, uh, and, and I think this could well become uh, an important issue this time next year. I hope not. Um, and I don't want to turn your podcast into a political um, rant, Patrick, but um, if Donald Trump was to be re-elected next November, Donald Trump's whole attitude to free trade and globalization and overseas investment um, is not um, something that would be positive for Ireland. Uh, and that is a distinct risk at this point in time. A lot can change in politics in 12 months, but we need to be mindful of these risks. And that's why um, I do believe passionately, actually, at this stage, the more I get into it, that we just need to continue to build this relationship between Ireland and Canada. And in, in, in my experience um, over many years, um, but also, you know, since I launched this report earlier in the year, uh, Canadians are actually very nice people. Absolutely. And this is the thing, like everything we're talking about on a high macroeconomic level is compelling and important. But ultimately, everything is underpinned by those relationships. As you mentioned earlier, a lot has to happen in order to, you know, for a company to decide to locate here. But it all starts with a conversation between two human beings. And if you can get that off on the right foot between people that maybe understand each other or have an affinity, well, that's a good start. Yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah, because... Uh, business is all about personal relationships, isn't it? If they're good, it works. So, Jim, the, the compelling argument which you've put forward in this report, and plus your, your obvious interest in this relationship, has certainly got the attention of the Ireland-Canada community. So you've actually, you're about to embark on a, on a trip of the country. Yeah, I am, Patrick. Um, I got a call there some weeks back from the Irish Embassy in Ottawa, who said that they had got their hands on the report, uh, liked what it was saying, 
and invited me to speak at a series of events around Canada. So I'm going to Toronto, Montreal and Ottawa. My hope obviously would be that I can build Canadian interest in Ireland and that actually at the end of the day, um, this is of some economic benefit to Ireland. So, yeah, delighted. And um, it really all stems back from the call I got from you to um, consider doing a report on the economic relationship between Ireland and Canada. And um, when you asked me initially, I was a little bit hesitant because didn't know a lot about it. Uh, but as I dug my way into it, you know, it became a really fascinating story. and it's, it's one I'm delighted to get an opportunity now to push on further. And if you would like to read Jim Power's economic report for the ICBA, you'll find it on our website, irelandcanada.com. And you'll find a link that will take you directly to it in the show notes to this episode. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Ireland Canada Connection. And I hope you can join us for the next one.